When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I consider myself a pretty tolerant person in life. Now, some of you might laugh at that, but I do. There's one thing I've lost patience with, and that's the Boston media. But there was a few good ones left. Kyrie Thompson, one of the best. Burnt Buckmaster, one of the best. Then there was these two dudes, Henry McKenna and Evan Lazar. They were the pedestal, the echelons of it all. And yet, somehow, the two of them have reverted into the toxicity that is the Boston media. And they have joined Ray Shitlist. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. My name is Ray Rout. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to talk uh, about the toxic Boston media. We're going to talk about fake insiders and fake analysts or analysts. I want to talk a little bit about how the New England Patriots are possibly changing their offensive philosophy. Hey, Browns fans, are you happy about Deshaun Watson? Because your team is getting collectively roasted all that and more you know all that fun stuff we're back make sure you go check out the uh, dean blundell podcast network deanblundell.com over 100 podcasts and content creators sports music politics news entertainment you can find ray route you can find dean blundell believe it or not on deanblundell.com and everybody in between and uh, check out my website, rayroute.com. You can also uh, find me on Newsbreak as well. You can just go to newsbreak.com and uh, search up Ray Route. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. So check out my website, rayroute.com. And hey, you know what? We've got a brand new partnership with the app called the Halftime app. And uh, in just a few weeks, we'll be doing this. Ex- or we, I'll be doing some exclusive content for them over there. Producer Mike has tripled his fee of $0 to do tonight's show. He is here. Let's bring him in. Producer Mike, how are you? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Uh, I was visiting the in-laws for the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, You know, we went through our normal gauntlet. We argued about housing prices and, you know, how it's it's all relative to when my in-laws were young, even though they own two properties. And anywho, um, we argued about COVID. Uh, We argued about a bunch of stuff uh we got new things that came out that i can't even talk about live now because i'll just yeah it'll i'll tell you off air because it'll just it'll paint my unblood related family in a bad light all right that's fair that's fair but uh yeah no no it was all good talked a little bit of freedom freedom fighters and uh all that kind of good stuff Nice. Guys, make sure you go check out our uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Five bucks a month. You get access to me. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Plus, you can hang out with us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours almost every Friday night. We didn't have it this Friday because, as I just said, I was visiting the in-laws. But we will be back this Friday at 7.30 p.m. Check it out there. And speaking of that, let's get into these Patreon questions, shall we, Michael? Let's rock. So, producer Mike, Alex says, do you think that the Raiders could be Super Bowl contenders with all of these off-season moves? I'll let you go first. Um, they probably have the worst co- coach in the division, so probably... No, no, no. Listen, joking aside, the Raiders have a trifecta there. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. That team is going to be awesome. So, we'll see what happens. Listen... 
if nothing else would have happened this offseason, I would have said to you, hey, the Raiders got to be seen as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Uh, unfortunately for Las Vegas, they added a legitimate coach. They added a legitimately what could be the best wide receiver in the NFL. I believe it's DeAndre Hopkins, but one of the best in the NFL. They got Hunter Renfro there. They gave Crosby a great big extension. However, after what the Broncos had done, the Chargers had done, and what the Chiefs did on Friday, which was predictable but needed, I still think the Raiders are the fourth best team in the AFC West. So it's... I mean, I think, Mike, what I need to do is I need to see what the impact of Devontae Adams is on that team. Like, how much more does it elevate? Uh, but we also got to see later on tonight. So I don't want to get too deep into this right now. We're sure. going to talk about the possibility of the Patriots having an offensive philosophy change uh, based on some comments that Jacob Johnson made saying that basically the Patriots advised him that it's, you know, it's not you just, we're not going to have a fullback this season, yep. which of course, you know, we'll get into it. I think a lot of that has to do with John Smith, but I also think that we're going to see a lot more spread. We're going to see a lot more two tight end sets. The reason you don't see two tight end sets is because the fullback takes away one of the tight end positions mm-hmm. because of that. We'll have to see now. What Zeigler's done over in Las Vegas is he's given Josh McDaniels probably more toys than he's had to play with the last few years. However, Absolutely. he seems to be bringing the same offensive philosophy the Patriots have had over to Vegas. I mean, they're, they brought a fullback in, so you know that it, there's going to be some more power running. However, yep. I want to see how often he goes to the power running. Because I know Mike is just ready to spit all over Vegas before he sees anything, but... He's got Devontae Adams. He's got Hunter Renfro. Like, he's got legitimate toys on that team. So I'm not going to yep. say that the Raiders are turning into a a power run heavy team the whole time. But um, the fact that he's bringing the, the fullback over asks me, was that Josh McDaniels or was that Bill Belichick? So that's my piece. But I still think they're the fourth best team in the West. I still think the Bills are better than them. Uh <sighs> Cleveland could be better than them, depending when Deshaun Watson comes back. If Baker Mayfield goes to Cleveland, they probably got a better up and down roster from, Indy. you know, from or Indy. I mean, when you look at every every piece. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they they could definitely be seen as Super Bowl contenders, but they'll be on the bottom of the list of the big long list of Super Bowl contenders. Thank you very much for your question, Alex. And of course, Alex is a Patreon member over at patreon.com slash DPN sports. Brian Lynch says, do you believe that the Patriots will re-sign Trent Brown when he has a part B? If they do, could you see them moving him to left tackle, putting win at left guard? Interesting scenario. Oh, go ahead. I just said interesting scenario there. Yeah. Yeah. I think now that it looks like Lyle Collins is off the market, they're probably going to be more in on Trent Brown than they were. And it sounds like this was the the situation with Trent Brown was go shop yourself and then come back kind of a good faith move. So I think now we'll probably see Trent Brown come back. I would be surprised if he doesn't, but who knows? This has been an off season where we've kind of been surprised in a bad way. So, yeah, but I, to me, I think that them going after Lyle uh, Brown. No, Lyle Collins, Collins. That's it. Lyle Collins. Yep. I think them going after Collins and from what we're hearing, making a legitimate offer to him. Yep. Have they given Trent a legitimate offer? You know, like, were they trying to maybe find somebody who's a little bit more reliable to stay on the field? Yep. Uh, I mean, when Trent Brown is on the field, he's a big difference. As for shifting, I didn't like Isaiah Wynn's short time that he played in the interior offensive line. I would way rather see on Wienu kick over to that position. I wouldn't mind seeing Isaiah Wynn shift to the right side of the line and Trent Brown to the left and protect his his blind side a little bit. At the end of the day, though, I'm going to be honest with you guys when it comes to the Patriots offensive line. I really want to see what Haran turns into because... He had an awful start to last season, but Mike, I think, you know, you and I were talking about this uh, last week on our last episode was that 
he, we started seeing some improvement from him. Yep. Uh, do I think the Patriots are going to resign him? Brian, honestly, at this point, I, I have no idea. If I'm going to be real with you, I have no idea whatsoever. We'll have to see. But thank you so much for your uh, questions. Uh, and of course, you can ask your questions over at patreon.com slash DPN sports, only $5 a month. Don't forget that you don't just get to ask the questions. You also get to hang out with us every Friday and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Mike, so you and I, this is a discussion that comes up on a, on a regular basis. The toxic Boston media. So let me share a tweet with you here. Okay. This sure. is from our friend Ben Valen of the Boston Globe. He writes, the AFC is absolutely loaded at quarterback. Bengals, Joe Burrow, Bills, Josh Allen, Broncos, Russell Wilson, Browns, Deshaun Watson, Chargers, Justin Herbert, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Raiders, Derek Carr, Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Good luck, Patriots. I I expect that kind of tweet from Ben Valen. I think that my response to that was, what a pompous piece of shit. And I, I mean that, Ben. I really do. I think you're a pompous jackass. Because I read Ben Valen's articles in the Boston Globe, and they're not as pompous as his tweets. So either he's fake on Twitter or he's fake in his, his columns. And I, I can't figure out which one is which. So you're a jackass. But does a tweet like that from Ben Valen surprise you, Mike? Not from him. He's generally pretty uh, negative, pretty sarcastic. Uh, you know, takes a down spin on the Patriots, as it were. If Fledger and Mass are on the radio bashing the Patriots, are you surprised? Uh, absolutely not. That's what they do. They're contrarians. That's built into their show. Generally, when they're, uh, you know, positive, I'm more surprised. Kind of like me, you know. Is Andrew Callahan, when he, from the Boston Herald, when he's being a douchebag, does that surprise you? I'm not a big fan of him. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just not a fan. I also want to shout out to Karen Garigian, who I think I respect as a reporter as well. I think that she gets lumped into that group of people, but I don't think she's there. Let me ask you this one, Mike. When Evan Lazar becomes a jackass, does that surprise you? Yes. His tweet over the weekend was very shocking. Uh, I think Let's Evan, share it. Let's yeah, share it. Yeah. So Evan Lazar tweets this. The Patriots had some discussions with Cordero Patterson about a reunion per a league source. But stop me if you heard this before. They wouldn't compete with the money that Patterson got from the Falcons. And you notice how Evan Lazar added in that little stop me if you've heard this before. And yeah. we were talking about this on the last podcast. Evan was a little whiny last week, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And then Cordero Patterson responds to his tweet. No, they did not. This is great. So, Evan Lazar gets it wrong, which is going to happen from time to time. Yep. I don't blame reporters when a source is wrong or maybe it's it's misleading or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit happens, right? right. Like, shit happens. Yeah. Uh, I've said stupid things on this show. You know what I mean? Like, like, things happen. Lazar then deletes that tweet. So, he doesn't even man up about it. He deletes it. And he replies with this. I deleted my original report on Cordero Patterson and the Pats' interest. They make brief inquiries with free agents all the time, which was the case here, but it was minimal. I should have worded it differently. He couldn't even admit that he was wrong. And you know what I got out of that? I got, sorry guys, you didn't understand what I was talking about. Like, you're too stupid to understand what I was talking about. Sorry folks, should have dumbed it down for you. Yeah. And if I just, I was like, fuck you, Evan. Like, first of all, no, no, you, no, no, you, you, because this was the part. It wasn't the report. It was the, but stop me if you heard this before. And then he adds in his little jab to the Patriots. That's what made me say, fuck you. And that's why earlier today, when the news came out that Collins was signing with the Bengals, and it said that the Patriots had made a competitive effort, he retweeted it. Yep. And I was one of the people, like he quote tweeted it. I was one of the people to quote tweet him. And I guess some people were putting the screenshot of Cordero Patterson and, you know, they're calling him out. And so he writes something along the lines of after, like, I can't believe the amount of people quote tweeting this when I said this wasn't my report. But if you look at what I quote tweeted, it had nothing to do with the report. I said, where's your bullshit, snarky, sarcastic comment at the end of it? Because that's what I wanted to get from him. Because you're no longer a fucking reporter. 
you're now being a just a piece of shit like the other entertainment pieces and clickbaits around the Boston media. Yeah, I think if you listen to Evan's podcast uh, that he does with uh, Alex Barth earlier in the week, some of this free agent stuff has kind of gotten to him because outside of the the reporting that he normally does, some of this kind of like heavy, you know, not just opinion, but like kind of heavy snark sne- seeped into the end of uh, the podcast. And it was kind of along this vein of like, oh, the Patriots aren't making any moves. They're making offers, but they're not really competitive. They don't want to spend money. Listen, you let your emotions seep out. Uh, you know, he, he's human. I get it. Um, but but no, I'm going to call him on this for a very important reason. Sure. Evan, are you a reporter or are you a fan? See, because when Mike comes on here upset about J.C. Jackson or I come on here with a hot take or a wacky, the- you know, theory or, or, or thought. Like last year, I put out a... A scenario where the Patriots could trade for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And too many people took that as me. Oh, Ray, who told you that? That's, you know, BS. And I'm like, of course it is. That's my, hey, what if the Patriots did this? I've never once, even on Newsbreak, where I cover the Patriots, pretend to be a reporter, right? I'm a fan um, who covers football for various websites and apps and the reason that dean blundell and halftime and newsbreak bring me on is because that's how like i'm the same the only difference between me on the podcast and me on newsbreak is i don't swear right right like but it's me i give a heavy opinion as a fan i refer to myself as a patriots fan all the time the thing is, guys like Evan Lazar, you see, well, I'm a reporter, not a fan. Well, then stop fucking acting like a fan because those little snarky bullshit things is what Pat's Nation is doing right now. Right. So, and I wasn't really trying to defend him. I was saying that his emotions got the best of him this time. Um, again, in his podcast, it's more acceptable to me. It's a long form kind of discussion thing. But yeah, it, it, in this case, if you're reporting something, he absolutely let it get the best of him, let it seep into that quote-unquote report. And yeah, maybe he did word it poorly, but that doesn't excuse the fact that that doesn't, uh, you know, make little of the fact that, again, you let your fandom uh, get a hold of you here. It reminds me of the first big blowout I had with uh, Doug Kide. And it was something similar to this nature. He made some sarcastic, snarky report at, or remark at the end of something he was reporting. And I referred to him as a fan. And that's when he quotes me. He means that I'm not a fan. I'm a reporter. And that's when I fucking went off. I said, then report. Because there's a big difference. And I'll give it to you. If you're on a podcast, if you're a reporter and you're on a podcast, podcasts have to be entertaining. I don't want to sit there because I don't know if you see Evan Lazar's videos online, like his short ones for CLSN. They're boring. They're like they're monotone yeah. reporting. News flash. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to sit there and listen to the entire podcast of him sitting there in a monotone voice and report. So fine. I'll give you that. On a podcast, it's a little bit more loose. It's got to be entertaining. We want your opinion. You cover the Patriots. Give yep. us a little bit of an insight that we don't know. But when you're reporting, hey, the Patriots talked to Cordero Patterson. The stop me if you heard this before is just unnecessary in my mind. And listen, Mike and I are not happy about Patri- the Patriots no. agency right now. We want, I mean, we weren't expecting 12 big moves like last year, but we were expecting an offensive lineman. We were expecting something. We didn't think the Patriots were going to try to address everything through the draft. So it's not like we're sitting here. This is not defending Bill Belichick, but this to me is just another now what was a good wholesome guy that i like to get my patriots news from who over the last week has turned into the rest of them yeah this and and if i'm gonna put it on anything or you know make it akin to anything he sounded very like greg bedard-esque here that was something that like greg bedard and i like greg bedard as a reporter i know you don't but uh, this was a very Greg Bedard thing. This is why like, I trust Evan to get like hard stuff from because Greg Bedard doesn't report a lot of accurate stuff until like after the fact. So um, Greg Bedard brings you the story with inside the story, which right. is not a bad thing. My father-in-law and I were talking about it this weekend that it would be great to have some inside knowledge on what happened in the Aaron Rodgers negotiations and what were the discussions around Devontae right. Adams. And that's what Bedard brings to the table. Yeah. And but, that's what I like. Yep. 
But then Bedard also, again, though, his tweets will always add in some sort of shot or sarcastic undertone or some bullshit that I can't stand. The same as this tweet from Ben Valen. Good luck, Patriots. First of all, didn't list Mac Jones. And I will fight you to the death that Mac Jones was better than Lamar Jackson last season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh, good luck, Mac Jones. Did what are they going to do? He didn't put Baker Mayfield in there, did he? Because that would have just driven no, me up the no. wall. Josh okay. Allen, Joe Barr. I mean, even Deshaun Watson. Like, listen, we haven't seen him in a year. He's going to play well when he can play. So, uh... what I think, though, the toxicity of this does is, then you 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 start to mislead yep. the fan base, and then we get stupid tweets. And this is just this has nothing to do with Evans' tweet or or, or anybody's, but this is just an example of how people start to formulate thoughts and narratives are, are delivered. And I can't remember even the context of what this tweet was replying to, but this guy writes, they don't like to spend money. They let Brady leave over a couple million dollars. So there's people on this planet, Mike, that think the Tom Brady New England Patriots split was about money. Ridiculous. We've been over this and I've heard this argument a thousand times. Oh my god, the money, the money. Like, listen, we've heard a thousand times that Patriots were willing to match that money. This had nothing to do with money. No, he wanted to leave. He wanted to go elsewhere. Like, please, please stop this with the money. And they spent a ton of money in free agency last year. A a ton. And listen, I understand that the amount of money being spent right now is off the charts. And and that's part of what Pat pets nation is uh like sad about you know like oh the patriots can't even make one competitive offer like listen they don't want to tie themselves to somebody for four years for a guaranteed you know 80 million dollars i don't i don't know you know and I, I don't want them to either because then i gotta right. hear about how much of an overpay john who smith is and how much of an overpay nelson Aguilar is and what a waste to, and trade this guy and trade that guy and trade half the roster that belichick signed yeah, last is, year isn't nelson Aguilar's quote-unquote overpay looking real good right now guys when oh you, when you your basic receivers Kirk? are making three to four million dollars more well, that's like the quarterback market. Now, Josh Allen looks like a steal for the Bills, man. Yeah, yeah, gar- fully guaranteeing Deshaun Watson's contract just because you want him in the building. Good luck. Yeah. So, but here's what I'll say because I'm going to move on from these guys. But what sure. the, the point of me showing you that tweet was not to rehash the Brady argument. Right. It was right. just to show though that was the narrative that a lot of Boston media put on the table. Right. So that's now fans who aren't deep thinkers that don't look further that don't look at past present and future get their formula so there's people right now in in march of 2022 two years after the move that people still think that the tom brady move was about money because that's what a lot of patriots media originally put out there well the patriots wouldn't you know couldn't they they were only a couple million dollars apart yeah two years ago yeah yeah, and, and, and Felger and Maz, they still propagate that narrative when it suits them. You know, they go back and forth because they're smarter than that. When, when you know, the split just needed to happen, they'll make that argument. And when, you know, they want to make an argument about how Bill and Kraft are cheap, they'll say that they wouldn't even offer Brady a real contract. So Absolutely. Bill Belichick did not want to commit to Tom Brady long term. Tom Brady believed that he deserved a long-term commitment after everything that he did for the New England Patriots. Right. We all know that there was issues between the two prior to that. So when Bill was like, no, I'm not going to give you a long-term commitment, Brady's basically finally just like, all right, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. And I'm out of here. But what I will give Ben Valen and Evan Lazar and Greg Bedard and, you know, all the, the, the kind of Boston media just pissed me off is they have real sources and they're real media people. Now, I work for the Dean Blundell Network. I work for the Halftime app. I work for Newsbreak. And when I say work, I mean like I contract with them. Yep. I have a podcast. I do YouTube videos. Never, ever, ever since 2017 when I, you know, launched Dear Pat's Nation as my character Donnie O'Donnell, have I ever referred to myself as a reporter, as an insider? Even as an expert, I think I consistently say that I'm just a big, dumb fan like everybody else that likes to talk about football. Hmm. I just happen to have the microphone. The rest of you don't. So, you I, you know, you have to be subjected to me. If you were entertaining, I would have had to have been subjected to you. 
but I got to show you. So this tweet comes out this weekend from this guy, Ashton Alec, who writes, the fact that Dave Ziegler is being aggressive in free agency in the trade market should put something in the head of Robert Kraft. Kraft should name someone else GM and only have Bill Belichick coach the team. Save Ziegler, save Ziegler was in the Patriots organization. Really? But let me start here. This isn't even the story. I don't even care about this kid's opinion. It's not, it's to me, it's a half baked stolen opinion. It's an yeah. opinion that many people have had. Anytime any former Patriots does anything in an executive role, it's always like, oh, look, they didn't want to do it. Bill Belichick just came off the most aggressive offseason of his life last year. And they're yeah. going to say, well, look, because Ziegler was in that position. Trust me, Bill Belichick is making those decisions, not Ziegler. However, that wasn't the piece. So people start calling him out on it. Not me. I swear to God, I didn't even care. I, I don't even know the kid. So I didn't even see that tweet. The tweet that I saw was when people started calling him out was this. I'm a college student, a sports communication major to become a sports analyst. I know what I'm talking about. That was his response. That was it. I drive a Prius. You know? Um, I was like, this kid can't be fucking serious. That's right? crazy. Like, but but hold on. In case you want to follow him, you can follow him at, at, uh, at NFL Insider 118. His profile oh, wow. says that he's a future upcoming NFL insider, huge NFL fan, love football, full NFL coverage. Been on Twitter since February 2017, has 10 followers. Because people obviously give two shits about his fucking college degree. His his college degree. Yeah. What kind of response is that? Ugh. That's legitimately like me being like, I have a podcast, so I know this stuff. That's a that's a young college kid. That's the attitude that a lot of college kids have is you know what, I'm I'm being educated or I'm educated. I I know about things. Um and you don't <laughs> you don't. Dude, you're learning how to use a switchboard right now, and you're learning how to uh, speak from the chest, and you're learning how to, you know, write properly. Right. Yep. I'll tell you right now, saying that you're a future NFL insider has to be the funniest fucking shit I ever seen in my... Just the assumption that you have the fucking personality to be an NFL insider is the funniest thing, because that's all about relationship building. And when you're getting fucking mad at people telling them that you're a sports communication major to become a sports analyst, I know yeah. what I'm talking about. And the best part is, is real sports analysts are usually former athletes. Now, I've yeah. never heard of Ashton Alec, not sure if what he's doing, but NFL Insider 1018. That's his fucking Twitter handle. I like the Future graphic that NFL. he probably stole up top there too. By the way, what's that? I said I like the graphic that he probably stole up top there too. By oh the yeah, way. he didn't create that. He didn't yeah, create no, that. No. Not a chance. Um, I'm telling you right now. You could say like, hey, I'm a future NFL media member, future NFL analyst. That's fine. You can call yourself an NFL analyst. Just call yourself that. Anybody can call themselves that. But this is this is awful. He literally made himself future yeah. NF upcoming NF future upcoming NFL insider. It's funny. I don't know, man. Hey, good luck to you. I hope you uh, get get the insider info you want. Because right now, bad opinion. Did you ever see that? Saturday Night Live skit with Will Ferrell when he's eating dinner with his family. I drive a Prius. I'm a divisional manager. I'm in charge of really big stuff. You, yeah. You yeah. will respect me. I'm I drive I I drive a Honda. <laughs> you know, like that's exactly yeah. what this little rant fucking sounded like to me. That's what this is. Yeah. Like the, the people, people you work with, people I work with, people everybody works with. I drive a Prius. I know about the environment. Oh, oh fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna start doing that every time somebody like argues with me on anywhere, YouTube, the, my website, emails, Twitter. I'm gonna be like, I have a podcast. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there are plenty of people that would argue we don't, and they're probably it, right. It won't it won't even be like doesn't even matter what the subject matter is it could be global warming It'd be like i have a podcast <laughs> i know what i'm talking about because you know mike it's very fucking difficult to have your own podcast you know that right it's very hard 
how hard is it? You got to like record and like upload it and and then yeah, well then it's there. So oh, um I'm out. I feel like Ashton's the kind of guy who gets his medical advice from Facebook. Probably. Yeah, retweets those BuzzFeed articles. Yeah. Probably yeah, gave himself a prostate exam yeah, with like a fucking you know the tide to go you know tide to go the thing that you yeah seen those yeah, yeah yeah i feel like he did a, gave himself a prostate exam with one of those oh this is the guy that fucking injected bleach into his system to kill the coronavirus <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you ever had a ash let me ask somebody you read a read a a bleach epidural just to did you, did you ever give yourself a prostate exam do you, when you're unsure of things, do you go to Joe Rogan for clarification? Hey, he has a podcast too. He knows everything. Oh shit! Speaking of Joe Rogan, this actually is. Oh no, no, this doesn't transition. I want to talk about something really football related for a second. Okay, we, okay. We spent 30 minutes literally bitching about Boston media and fake insiders. I mean, that's pretty fun. It is, but I want to talk about this whole Jakob Janssen claiming that the Patriots, are, you know, told him that. They're not carrying a fullback. Basically, hey, dude, it's it's not you, it's it's us type of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that made me wonder if the Patriots are starting to look at a offensive philosophy change. And what I, I put this out on Twitter today, and I'll, but I'll go a little bit deeper into it. Bill Belichick often referred to Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the offense because he referred to him yes. as the head coach of the offense. You assume that he had full grasp now. I was always under, my opinion was always, because I think we both fully admit we don't really know what's going on in the locker room. No. However, I was always like, everything I've ever heard coming out of that locker room, forget the media, like everything players have said, every player that's ever come out of that locker room is like, everything goes through Bill. So I'm like, yes, Josh might be, you know, the leader of the offense, but everything in effect trickles through Bill Belichick. I mean, we even remember that video of Brady and Belichick sitting in his office talking about how to beat Ed Reed, right? Like, yep, pretty famous. Still floats around the internet. Yeah, it does. It's a very famous clip. If you guys haven't seen it, it's from the the Belich- It's from the Belichick Football Life from 2012. Uh, yep. The whole thing's on YouTube. If you want to, if you want to see it. Um. So I always thought, I assume, but all of a sudden, Josh McDaniels leaves, goes to Vegas. And the Patriots inform Jakob Johnson, hey, we're not signing a tight end or a fullback. Something that they have done shit for forever. Years. They've always, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, is this more about the Patriots not carrying a fullback or is this more of how do we get Jonu Smith involved in the game plan? Yeah, I think this is absolutely that. How do we get Jonu Smith more involved? How, how do we maybe get one of these young tight ends that are on our roster a little bit more time too? Uh, you know, we heard some some stuff about how Devin Asiasi made some leaps last year, and we just never uh, got a chance to see him. So no, and Dalton Keene apparently was a running back in high school. We always saw him as a bit of an H back type of yep. tight end. But I also think this means we're going to be going to more spread formations, more two tight end sets, more everything else. Something that we hadn't seen last year, right? Is this would this have happened regardless of Josh McDaniels going to Vegas, or do you think that this is because because Jacob Johnson's in Vegas, so he's with McDaniels. McDaniels is going to carry a fullback, and he it, talked it, about wanting to run a two tight end set, and now he's bringing in a fullback. Yeah, it's, so uh, it's it's weird. I mean, maybe because of the running game there, they ha- I'm not that familiar with their offensive line, them being the Raiders, so. Uh, Maybe it fits what they have a little more. I don't know. Maybe this was in the cards all along, and this is Bill kind of executing on one of uh, Josh's last things because the fullback's been kind of outdated uh, for a while. But who knows? But if it was one of Josh's last things, hey, we got to get rid of the fullback. Why the hell would he sign a fullback in Vegas? I have no idea. Maybe they just want a third reliable guy. Uh, but I'm wondering. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put this on the table. Sure. Was Bill Belichick looking at Josh McDaniels going like, okay, I get it. We did this in 2018, but why are we still running an offense? Like, yeah. or, okay, 2018, 2019, you kind of had to go with the fullback just because the offensive line was a little bit beat up and, and heavy on the run game. 
Yep. Was it that 2020? It's like, all right, we got Cam. We need to run the football. 2021, we got Mac. We need to run the football. It's 2022 now. We got Mac. We need to throw the football. Yeah, that absolutely. This could be, you know, all the all the critics saying we didn't let Mac air it out enough last season. This could be a small element to that too. Again, you get both tight ends involved. Yeah, you can you can hand off the ball, but you may also see more passing options there as well. Now, are you saying? I'm just clarifying. Are you saying that Bill Belichick is folding to the critics, or are you saying that this was the plan all along? I don't think Bill folds to critics, so I think this may have been the plan all along. Okay, good. Sorry, when you hesitated there, I was like, "Oh my God, are we going to get into a real screaming match here?" Because no, like, I don't no, think... I just, I just wanted to fit, like, I wanted like, to word it in a good way. Robert Kraft may be able to say, "Hey, I want you to, you know, build through the draft. Hey, we can't, you know." build our team through free agency but he can't turn them around and start telling bill how to coach a fucking team bill that's when bill will walk no bill would bill would walk at that yeah point. if Kraft turned around he's like this is how i want you to coach he'd be like all right see ya <laughs> yeah peace yeah um you got joe the- and matt here one of those two guys have been failed offensive fucking coaches or, or head coaches <laughs> they can take over the team for you yeah the day bill belichick uh you know falls to public opinion and what he wants to do uh he should retire. Speaking of public opinion, this wasn't on the cards for me to talk about today, but it's just, I think this came across on Friday, so we never really got a chance to have this discussion. Sure. Did you see the story that came out that Tom Brady in 2020, before he left, or 2017, was pushing Bill Belichick to hire Bill O'Brien as their head coach? I didn't see that, no. Yeah, it came But out I had on- heard that rumor rumored before came out on friday that that brady was trying to play the the upper hand on on craft and said hey because 2017 they lose the super bowl you know things are bad brady was already kind of sick of belichick that was when you know giselle did the whole you know johnny fucking football you know and and mm-hmm. you know went and bitched and whatnot <laughs> which by the way giselle i've figured out that tom brady doesn't want to be around you that's why he's back in the nfl I, I'm going to give them three years after he retires. They're for real. They're going to get divorced. Think so? Oh, yeah. They're, he, he, they're both going to realize how fucking much they hate each other. Or that um, at least how much he fucking hated her. And that they, he just needed to play football. Oh, but um, I kid people. But um, no, he doesn't. a little bit. No, I don't. <laughs> 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 but... um. Yeah, so apparently he was trying to push Kraft to get rid of Belichick and bring in O'Brien, which A, would have meant that Kraft would have had to have traded for Bill O'Brien, which, yeah, and, and so people are... Bill straight up for Bill. People, Bill are Bill. Shit, people are shitting on Kraft because he chose Belichick over Brady. But I think, again, let's go back to 2017. Did you think in 2017 that Tom Brady was going to be playing in 2022? No, absolutely, absolutely not. No, nobody really did, except for some revisionists who are going to pretend like they've said it the whole time. Yeah, or yeah, or guys like Taxi who were thirteen and believed it because he was thirteen, and now that he's sixteen, he's like, "Well, I've been saying it since I was 13. Yeah, well, you and I had this discussion a couple of weeks ago too. It's like well, I thought he was done here, and now because I said there's no way you're this old and kind of come out of retirement and two years you know, you no, it's because he I mean? hates his wife it's because he yeah. hates his wife it's why he yeah. came back this year <laughs> yeah i can't do this i gotta go back to football Giselle was like it's so nice that we get to spend all this time together and he was like fuck <laughs> bruce can i come back please please is there a spot <laughs> for me he got he got desperate he called belichick belichick just didn't pick up <laughs> Brady's going to get diabetes and have a leg <laughs> amputated and still be playing just so he can avoid seeing Giselle. Jeez. Oh, boy. 56-year-old Tom Brady suiting up for another Super Bowl. I'm doing everything I can to get canceled tonight, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to just... I don't think it's canceled if you, you if you predict the end of a marriage, right? No, I don't think so. I got, you can't make... Another- you can't make fun of kids. I won't make fun of people's kids, but I can make fun of his wife, and I can make fun. Yeah, of Yeah, don't marriage. make fun of his kids. You can, yeah, you can get in trouble for that. But his wife, his wife's fair game. She's a public figure, very public figure. Yeah, and actually, outside of the NFL world, a much bigger deal than Tom Brady. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of like football fans actually acknowledge, like, realize that or believe that. But like, when they go to, like these big parties where they're being captured. 
people want to talk to Giselle, not Tom. Yeah. Oh, Giselle, you're, uh, you're, what does your husband do again? Oh, yeah. Like when they go to the Met, there's like a few sports fans who are like, oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Now that he's making a movie about himself, though, perhaps some other people will become more interested in him. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's regular uh, levels of Hollywood pomp and circumstance. So probably. Yeah. All right. The, Sh- the Sean Watson. The Browns are getting fucking roasted for this. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. This like, is crazy. People in Cleveland, you know how many fucking Cleveland Brown accounts I've seen that are like, fuck it, I'm not cheering for this team until this guy's off the team. Wow. Like, I don't know. I, okay, so I'm I don't want to I'm gonna try to discuss this subject and not make light of anything, right? Yes. But I'm gonna point out the obvious, and the obvious may come across funny, but it's not intended to. But apparently, trading for a guy that has 22 cases of sexual allegations laid against him in a civil lawsuit can come across as a bad PR move for a team. Yeah, it's shocking. See over a thousand donations made to the Cleveland uh, Rape Crisis Centers? I did, yep. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put this on the table. I want to know how you feel about it, Mike. And this goes back to anybody. You might have already heard me say this because I talked about it on the Dean Blundell show when I did his show, his last episode, like, I think right after the, the Super Bowl. Uh, I may have watched it, yeah. And this is when we were having the discussion about Joe Rogan. And they basically said to me, are you still going to listen to him? And I said, right. yes, because I'm a critical thinker, right? Like, And I said, listen, I said, on the other hand, too, I cover the NFL. There are some gigantic pieces of shit human beings in the National Football League. Absolutely. There yep. are people that I would not want anywhere near my wife or kids. There are people in the NFL that I think are the scum of the earth. There are people in the NFL that if it wasn't for the NFL, they'd probably be doing time in murder or time in jail for murder, time in jail for fraud, time in jail for for Salt. being sleazy, yeah. schemy, blah 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 yep. blah. There's some really good people in the NFL, but there's some really bad people in the NFL. Yep. Yep. Aaron Hernandez comes to mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's one I've struggled with. Adrian Peterson. Now, people from the South have said to me, he did what every Southern parent does. Go cut your switch and go. Being a Canadian, I didn't get beat with a stick. You know what I mean? Or a switch. So to me, it was always been a a hard spot for me. I have learned to balance the off-field to the on-field pieces. I think Aaron Rodgers, the human being, is awful. He's somebody who I I just, I could punch him in the mouth if I saw him walking down the road. And not just because of his fake vaccine thing and everything, just just him as a human being. Yeah, you and I are right on the same page there. Not a fan. He's one of the, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. And I can differentiate Aaron Rodgers, the piece of shit, to Aaron Rodgers, the football player. And if I had a vote, I would have voted for him to be MVP. I wouldn't have voted against him just because of who he is off the field. Yeah, I uh, I do have trouble differentiating, as you know. I, I, I do, especially for him in particular, maybe not so much other people because they're not quite, quite so high profile. But for him in particular, uh, yeah, that, that will carry on but outside of football. What I get at is... is I cannot do this podcast. I cannot do the other things I do if I'm going to judge people for who they are as people, human beings. I have to judge people from the field. I have purposely not spoken about the Deshaun Watson situation since it came out. And the only statement I made on that at the beginning was, let's see how this plays out. And at that time, there was like three allegations against him. Right. We're now in Bill Cosby territory. Of you know multiple oblig, and I'm I'm not saying that's a joke. Like it's we now have multiple allegations, twenty two of them, 
again, you know me, I live my life by is if there's smoke, there's fire. Were there problems with Brady and Belichick? Yeah. And I said it when the smoke was there and everybody was denying it. I happen to believe a lot more of what Seth Wickersham says and a lot of Patriot fans do because I do believe in a lot of smoke and fire. I don't believe that media folks just make things up. I think like Evan, they're told the wrong thing and report it, but I don't think they just make things up. Yep. So I'm able to differentiate Deshaun Watson, the quarterback to Deshaun Watson, possibly the sexual predator. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's very, two very real things, two very different things. And that's how I want to approach everything. I want to approach it as let's talk about the on-field product. That's what we're here to talk about. Yep. However, I can't ignore the outcry from people out there. So I'm just going to read a couple of tweets to you. Current, I believe current, Kansas City Chief, Mitchell Schwartz. He's still playing, right? Uh, Yes, I believe so. He writes, the Watson trading contract still doesn't feel right to me. Do we have any clarity on the 22 lawsuits against him? From what I've seen by Lindsey Jones, uh, Jenny Rentes, and Mina Kimes, especially that the grand jury non-indictment doesn't mean much and sure doesn't absolve him. He and, currently plays for the Cleveland Browns. Sorry to okay. interrupt you, but that that is important here. I'm sorry. He currently plays for the Cleveland Browns, Mitchell Schwartz? Yes. The team that just traded for Deshaun Watson? I believe so. Hold on. Stand by. Because all his oh, stuff no, is no, cheap. sorry. He was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Okay. He okay. currently plays for Kansas City. Okay. So sorry about that. What here's what we do know about the grand jury indictment or non-indictment. Just because you're not indictment doesn't mean you're that doesn't prove innocence. That proves there's not enough evidence against you at that time that the jury believes to push charge to put charges on you. In these kind of cases where it's he said, she said. There's, it's very hard for prosecutors to produce evidence, which, listen, does peep this shit like this slip through the cracks because of that? Yes. But in this country, it is on the accuser and on the prosecution to prove guilt. It's not on the defense to prove innocence. It's on the defense to, to prove doubt. Right. And there's been innocent people who have gone to jail because all there was was doubt and not proof of innocence. So, this indictment isn't a proof of innocence. It isn't a proof of guilt. It's just at this time, there is not enough tangible, hard evidence to press charges. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's guilty. I'm not saying he's not guilty. I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm explaining to the people who have told me, hey, he didn't get indicted, so he's innocent. That's not how an indictment works. Right. So, we're going to leave that there. If they would have brought it to court and there would have been charges and evidence would have been presented and the witnesses were on the stands and Deshaun Watson was put on the stand and all this other type of stuff, then and only then is there a proof of innocence or a proof of guilt. This does not mean proof of guilt. This means that there was enough charges. I should also point out this doesn't stop prosecutors from charging him again. Right. Right. They can press charges on Deshaun Watson. This doesn't stop anything. So want to clear that up. This then comes up. So Mitchell Schwartz, he had a, I just picked a couple of his things. He writes, the $1 million base salary this year feels slimy and wrong. And look, I follow contracts. I understand that most deals have big signing bonuses and a relatively low base salary the first year. Mine did. But this feels purposeful. He got paid millions last year not to play as well. And basically, he has a $1 million salary this year, base salary. Yep. So his bonus, I think, which is $24 million or something like that, mm-hmm. will not be taken away from him if he is suspended. Only his base salary will be docked during his suspension, which could be four, six, eight games. I'm predicting eight games. I really am. I think he's going to get nailed with an eight-game suspension. Zico Ellie got nailed with a six-game for suspension. And... Ezekiel Elliott's charges were dropped. I just want to put that on the table for everybody. So I do believe he's going to get an eight-game suspension. I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. I'm saying based on the NFL, this is what I believe is going to happen. So we know that they did this on purpose because he wanted a low base salary at the beginning because he knows he's going to get suspended and he wanted some of that taken off. Yeah, I'm going to read you one more tweet, then we can have the discussion. Kelly, 
Uh, she's a Bills fan. She writes, the NFL claims that the taunting rule is in place because players are role models and kids are watching, yet Deshaun Watson gets a historic contract. Make it make sense. And this is just a couple of thousands and thousands and thousands of tweets I have seen. Right. I will also say that I read both sides of the argument, both the pro Deshaun Watson and nay Deshaun, Wat- uh, Deshaun Watson, the nay Deshaun Watson, the people who are mad at the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski already had a protester in front of his house today. Wow. The way the people who are upset to the people who are defending him, it's nowhere close, dude. More people are upset. And a majority of the anger is coming from Cleveland. That's the part there. I think this it's has the, been a PR okay. nightmare for the Absolutely. Cleveland Browns. The whole thing reeks of just desperation and really just some sliminess was a great way word to put it. And don't forget, Baker Mayfield was like a hero in Cleveland, right? So to just yep. throw him away like he was trash. And, that's and him and his wife did. did a lot in the for the community. And right, um, yeah. And I, I, again, listen. Here's the thing. I think whatever city would have signed him would have gone through this. Absolutely. I think if he would have ended up in a place, and I know this sounds awful, like New York or LA or Boston, sports fans look past a lot when it's your player. Mm -hmm. Like, I know there's a lot of Patriot fans that'd be like, hey man, if the Patriots ever traded or signed Tyree Kill, I'd never watch the Patriots ever again. And you would. I'm sorry. There's a couple of you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take it wrong. There's a couple of you out there that will turn off the TV and never watch the game again. Half you motherfuckers who said that to me with Brian Tyree kill jerseys that night. The other half aren't gonna buy the jersey, <laughs> but you're gonna be happy we got Tyree. Yes, kill. they would. Yes, let's they face would. it. Um, look how many people wanted Antonio Brown back when all of his shenanigans came out. Right. They look how many people back. are still screaming for Antonio Brown. This is a guy that was cut from the Patriots because he was accused of sexually assaulting uh, an artist in his house who then, he then put her in a group chat and insulted her and her children and threatened her in the said group chat. The one that his lawyer had to come out and say, notice that I didn't respond in the chat because that's how crazy that chat was and patriot fans were still screaming for him back so sorry fuck you you definitely want tyreek hill on your team yeah um but back to watson yeah i was gonna say back to back to watson do you agree though that if he would have ended up in one of those three big cities that are sort of they put sports above all type of thing that this would this could have been mitigated a little bit yeah, I think if he had went to one of the major markets and maybe, you know, there was some some talk about Atlanta or North Carolina, which are close to home for him. I think being like a hometown guy, they may have forgiven this a little sooner. Again, yeah. the, the, the situation in Cleveland has just been a mess since it started to unfold. And again, uh, the desperation just, I think, brings out the worst in it, so to speak. If. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I... At what point? I mean, we've seen guys like Ben Roethlisberger find themselves in trouble. It gets forgotten for the most part. A couple people every once in a while. But for the most part, forget. Right. But Deshaun Watson, this is all happening. He's becoming the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. While he's still dealing with this litigation. Which again, fully acknowledge this could all come out him being innocent. So I don't, I don't even want to prove, I don't, I don't even want to get into he's guilty or not. That's not even the conversation we're having. Right. It's one of the reasons I've avoided this conversation because I said at the beginning, I always believe regardless of the crime, innocent until proven guilty. The same way I think everybody deserves that respect. And I think in the court of public opinion, you are always guilty until proven innocent. And again, Mm -hmm. it's not up to the defense to prove innocence. It's up to the defense to prove doubt. So I... I always try to let these things play out. And I made a big mistake with the, with Tyreek Hill. When that audio came out, I ripped him apart. 
yeah when i the think full, a lot of us when, did when the full audio came out we all kind of went oh huh. yeah so i let this sort of play out you know what i mean mm-hmm. i sort of let this just play out however i do i i will say somebody very close to me in my life who is a victim of sexual assault um i i know how she feels about this and i know there's people out there that are feeling this if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yep absolutely and i totally i don't want to say respect i want to say i support them you know what i mean as much as i support him being innocent until proven guilty i also support you for having these strong hard feelings because this is real shit this is this is and and i don't like to victim shame and technically right now they're not victims or accusers and i do lay i do put this on the table like this they are they they they're accusers not victims Mm -hmm. however if i go after them as accusers or i make jokes them as accusers and it's all turns out to be true I victim shame just prior to them being victims. You can't take that right. back. Right. And and I don't want to, dem- I don't want anybody or, or any of them, if they happen to watch or listen to this show, which we know they don't, but in case they happen to listen to this show, I want you to know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to dismiss your claim whatsoever. You know what I mean? And if it mm-hmm. is true, I hope that it, that, that you get everything coming to you and he gets everything coming to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Just at this point, I'm going to sit in the game and neut- the sit in the, the the mode of neutrality, and say I don't know. I wasn't yeah. there. It's playing out in front of the courts. Let it play out. And even if he's again, if he's exonerated, doesn't even mean it didn't happen. But at that point, I'm going to have to just trust the courts and, and move on. But this is a bad look for Cleveland at this point of it all. Yeah, um, I'm. Yeah, again, just stick to the football. Again, reeks of desperation. The whole Baker Mayfield piece just just it's gross like it just feels gross the fact that they guaranteed him this much money in his future could be uncertain now listen i'm i'm sure again and i'm talking about this strictly football wise the fact that there may be allegations still out there or people that you know are still yet to come forward and his contract is fully guaranteed is gross i'm sure there's language in there that'll probably give the team money back but again it speaks to the mess of the whole thing Let's say, and I know we got to go. Yeah. But let's say Deshaun Watson comes out in a month and says, you know what? I need to put this whole thing behind me. Yeah. It's all true. I'm going to do my time. I'm going to pay the money. I'm sorry. How the fuck does Cleveland let him play? And I know I'm talking a big hypothetical right now, but how do you get behind this guy after that? You can't. You really can't. They'll try to. There will be people out there that'll try to make it a, like a come to Jesus moment, you know. But at that point, he'll have to sit out for at least a couple of years. Would be my opinion. I mean, very much like the same people who are, are blaming the Ukraine over Russia, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah, the cra- the crazies out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Michael. Good show, buddy. Thank you. Night, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Dear Pat Station podcast with Ray Rout. Of course, I'm Ray Rout. Head on over to deanblundell.com. Get your fix of entertainment, news, politics, sports, everything in between. Over 100 content creators and podcasts, deanblundell.com. Check out my website, rayroute.com, R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. You can also find me on Newsbreak. Uh, go to newsbreak.com. Just search for Ray Rout. Find all my content over there. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DPN sports. Don't forget, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter who you are, you're all legit, kid. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.